Hello and welcome to the Peterborough Podcast. My name's Kev Lawrence and I've been presenting breakfast radio shows in the city since the late 1990s. And I'm John Baker and I've been a local journalist in Peterborough for not quite as long. So this is episode eight. Eight. Episode eight! We are rapidly approaching double figures. Yeah, we're we're becoming veterans of podcasting. Old timers old timers 100 percent um now anyone new to the podcast um for each episode we chat for as long as it takes usually about half hour i think the last one was about 40 minutes wasn't it yeah it was a good one though wasn't it It was a good one even if we do say so ourselves it was prime beef it we was will really um, good we will chat about anything going on in the city um politics to posh if it is in the news we may well discuss it we're going to be honest we're going to be relevant we're going to be positive and as we say each time this isn't about holding people to account or being negative about the city it's just about being informative and, in, and most importantly of all, about being local. It's all about Peterborough. And if you want to comment or suggest something for us to talk about, you can email me, kev at pcrfm.co.uk. I vet the emails, and then if they're good, I pass them to John. Before we do the menu, before we um, announce what we're going to talk about today, I think we should start off by thanking all of our listeners that are finding us from, well, quite weird, far-flung places. Weird, far-flung places. Yeah, I did look at this on Spotify. And since we've launched, we have had listeners from the USA, Hungary, Netherlands, Ireland, France, India, and Israel. Israel? Yes. India? These like, how do they find us? I don't know. Obviously, they're looking for really, really good podcasts, and we're high up the list. <laughs> we're about Peterborough. We're only about uh, Peterborough. Yeah, if, so if you're sitting there in Budapest or... Dublin, and you just fancied something a little bit different, mm. and you want to know what's going on in Queensgate or uh, or Dogsthorpe, well, Dogsthorpe or <laughs> yeah, Breton. I think it's I think it's just a nice thing that wherever you live in the world, you can be surfing and searching stuff, searching for stuff, and if you find something that's a bit quick and a bit different that you maybe quite like listening to, then why not? Maybe it's people who used to live in Peterborough. Maybe it's people who've got a connection to Peterborough who've you know, moved away. Mm. Tune into our podcast fortnightly, where we will discuss. Maybe it's people who are thinking local. of relocating. So if you're in New York or wherever, and you're just thinking, do you know what? I fancy a little bit of Peterborough. Maybe they're just getting all the vibe from us before they yeah. They take maybe a plunge. we've got friends at Sharman Quinney. We can we can find houses for you. Um, let's. I don't know why I'm mentioning Sharma Quiddy. Well, hello to Sharma Quiddy. Yeah, hello Sharma Quiddy. Uh, let's um, have a little look at what's on the show. In a minute, we're going to get stuck into our main talking point this this time round, which is crime in the city. But aside from talking about crime in the city, what else? Little bit of news on on the beer festival and and Dragon Boat Festival as well. And we will be speaking to Simon Hollingworth, who is the creative director of Peterborough Celebrates. Can't wait for the Peterborough Celebrates Festival. We're into May already. May the 19th, 20th and 21st is the whole weekend of the festival at Ferry Meadows. And Simon's responsibilities are all about the creative side, booking the acts, bringing it all together, kind of coordinating what's going to go where. He's, he's had quite a mammoth job. It is the second Peterborough Celebrates Festival and we're really looking forward to it. Right, straight to crime. When you were a guest on my, my PCR Breakfast show recently, you talked about figures that had come out that were pretty shocking. Maybe we could start just by looking a little bit at these figures. Being a victim of, of any kind of crime clearly is a horrendous thing for anybody to go through. What are the, the, the stats telling us about crime in Peterborough? Yeah, they're not great. Uh, new stats released by the Office of National Statistics. A total of 23,774 crimes recorded in Peterborough in 2022, published at the end of April. 
but the the, the key headline is that's a 10% increase in crime in the city compared to the previous year 10% is 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 quite a quite a jump uh also a 31% increase in home burglaries 92% increase in non-dwelling burglaries and a 54% increase in shoplifting so how, how do we how do we compare to other cities i mean are we a bigger city for crime than than other cities in in terms of you know the the increase in in the amounts of recorded crime. I wonder. Well, uh, I I I I honestly couldn't tell you that. Um, at a national level, crime in England and Wales rose by eight percent. So it's just the above same that, time. Ten percent. Yeah. So it's it, yeah, not not good. I mean, I can't break them down into individual cities, etc. Um, in any in any even if you do take any comparisons, it doesn't look good. So what I, I should just say what the Cambridgeshire Police have said. They've said that the rise could be partially explained by COVID lockdowns. Um, a spokesperson said, and this is to the Peterborough Telegraph, any increase in crime is concerning. However, these statistics should be seen in the context of the COVID pandemic, the impact it had on crime, and the subsequent return to more normal levels last year. So what they're doing is comparing it to 2019. Um, and if you do that, burglary in the city in 2022 is actually less by nearly 3% compared to 2019. The MP for Northwest Cambridgeshire, Shailesh Farah, I know was quite vocal, saying that he thinks police should do more he thinks police should step up and and keep on top of these figures and, and, and try and work hard to, to kind of lower the crime stats do you think he has a, a good point in saying that maybe maybe he does uh it would be interesting to know sort of what his suggestions would be about that i mean some people might look at and i don't want to get too political about it about a tory government and things you know things of that nature describing and, and probably putting a reason to, to why some of these figures have dropped of course a lot of crime uh, now is committed online and a lot of resources have been shifted across to that crime of that nature fraud scammers i had one of them call me last night in fact and it's very difficult to keep tabs on all that abuse online you know some of the the, the things that we see on twitter and youtube and things are terrible um so i guess he might have a point but it isn't just as simple as just to say they need to do more you know what what what, what sort of things should be done more numbers on the streets is what people would ask. Yeah, that's the, also, that's almost like the go-to first thing. We never see any police on the streets mm. anymore. And I think what you've already explained might uh, partially be the reason for that because of how much crime is committed online or, or digitally. Um, but I, I think about it, and I, I live in Hampton. I never see police walking around Hampton. I think about the times I spend walking through the city centre of Peterborough. I think I rarely see police. If you ask me, when did you last see a policeman? I, I, the only police I can remember seeing are traffic police. When you're going along somewhere, you see you see a lot of traffic police. Yeah. The old police car whizzing by. So, you know, is it or isn't it something that, that would deter burglaries if there's more police presence? Probably. I don't know. Um, but when you see Shailesh Farah coming out with a statement that he, he came out with, what I would perhaps hope to see is not just, a, well, the police should do more. Give us a bit more detail behind that. How are the extra police that you're talking about going to be funded? What are the areas of crime that particularly need more police you know, working on them? But maybe we should switch the conversation around from, from just sort of considering numbers or opinions 
to actually what it feels like to be the victim of crime. And I know that you've never spoken about this publicly too much before, but you yourself went through a pretty harrowing experience without wanting to pry too much. Can, can you just explain to anyone, anyone listening what your experience was? I certainly can. So this was September last year, 2022. Uh, my wife woke me up at four o'clock in the morning, said, John, I think I can hear something downstairs. So I went downstairs. I knew something was up straight away because our motion sensor light was on in our hallway. Just that feeling of having to get up in the night thinking you're hearing someone in your house. It's like something from a movie. That must have been the most terrifying experience for you. Uh, you know what? I didn't feel scared. I felt angry because I got downstairs and I saw this hooded figure in our dining room. and like I was The furious. shadow of a person who's yeah. broken into your house in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I just I'm been terrified. I immediately charged after him. Um, and I'm only little. And he was little like Little John yeah, charged little, after this. Little five foot one John. Person. Six foot odd he was. Goodness so God. he ran out through the back of the dining, dining room. There's some doors that were open. He'd opened. I went round the back of the house after him. I was still barefoot, still in my pyjamas. Um, chased after him. He vaulted the fence. I ran down Broadway after him, and he took my camera down on the floor, and it's a Nikon. It's quite an expensive So that's what one. he'd stolen. He'd had a camera in his hand. Oh, there's a lot more than that. Um, so oh, that's, But that's why I stopped, because I would have got to him. And um, just fast forward, just, I'm glad I didn't, because he was carrying weapons, because the police got him in the end. I'll come back to that in a minute. He did have a screwdriver on him. So if I had got to him... Who knows what would have happened. So I get back to the house. Um, so you literally chased him out. Down Broadway. He's got his ca- your camera yep. and a bit, and, and you're chasing him down the street. And I'm gaining Broadway, on him. And you're getting closer and closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's pitch black. Nobody else is about. It's four o'clock in the morning. Um, I get back to the house. Uh, he's been there a while. Both of our televisions are outside. Our laptops are piled up. So he'd started to, bit oh, by bit, clearing, mo- through clearing the house. Okay. Yeah. Did he not oh. think that you may have been in there asleep? I and have. you've got a young child. Yes, an eight-year-old sleeping upstairs. And my mother lives with us in her 70s. Goodness So he'd done, he'd done the entire lot. Uh, yeah, it was horrific. It's only afterwards that you kind of think... So we called the police, obviously. Um, and... Uh, as he'd come through the front window and he'd used like gloves to push it up, friction on the gloves managed to push it up. He'd been smoking and he dropped a cigarette down in some soil that was nearby and that was the key to getting him. And the police did get him eight days later. We were one of eight properties that he'd been into. We were lucky. All he got from us was a work mobile phone and a sky controller. Other places, not so lucky. £30,000 worth of items taken, safes. Um, and when he was caught, he was actually caught in somebody's garden at the time. Um, and um, I'll tell you, Vladimir Gregor, if anybody wants to look at it, because he's been through the court system, so if anybody wants to look it up, they can. Um, he, he, he got a custodial sentence, as you might guess, not his first crime. Um, but it scared us. We put... Obviously, we've paid for a lot of security since then. Security well, that, that was my kind of next, next question, because, uh, and anyone listening, if you've ever been through anything similar or if you've been the victim of any kind of crime, it's dealing with your feelings afterwards and dealing with, uh, I think, a whole heap of emotions that you've got to come to terms mm. with. Somebody broke into your house. Somebody attempted to steal from you. Somebody put you and your family's lives in danger. How much help did you get? Because I know that there's a really good charity called Victim Support. Um were they there for you? Did they help you? Yeah. 
the police were excellent. Victim support were excellent. They rang me up um, twice, um, asked whether I needed any or anyone in our in our home needed any help with you know their mental health, their anxiety, their worries. Um, and it was nice that we were recognised. The detective came uh, a few days later. She looked through the house. She gave me some alarms. We you know there's alarms that you can get where when a window is lifted it triggers something on your mobile phone. Uh, and we got Ring as well. And that is a deterrent. But I've noticed recently on social media, I've seen sort of like what, what is sometimes described as low-level crime. Um, but still really invasive and horrible. I saw the other day, I think it was a Woodston group on Facebook. Um, a lady posted some videos from her Ring camera of these gentlemen, well, gentlemen, turning up, going onto a drive in the middle of the night and getting plastic bags and just filling them full of gravel from her Stealing her gravel, yeah. I mean, what? What Uh, are are these people thinking? Yeah, exactly. One of my friends at work, um, he had, him and his wife, they had these, like, topiary balls outside their house, just both gone one night. And, of course, these are not damaging crimes, but they're annoying. They're still theft. And and a lot of this is going on. A lot of it's going on. So I've had two bikes stolen. The second time we had a bike stolen, my son's bike... I actually saw the person stealing it and unfortunately they're on it and biking off. I chased after them, couldn't get near them, no. reported it. What happens? Nothing. And Literally zero. Yeah. I've I, also had my car keyed twice yeah. in the last sort of, 10, 12 years. I've never had anybody breaking into my house. And, and I think, you know, that's pushing it extremely well, far. We, and, and can I just come on to make a few points yeah. that this victim support victimsupport.org.uk um, website is really good. It helps people who've gone through being the victim of a crime, deal with it all because you're going to feel angry, you're going to feel upset, you're going to have so many emotions running through from from the moment you are that victim. Things can fall apart for people, can't they? You can show physical symptoms of, of being mm-hmm. a victim. Maybe you can blame yourself for thinking that you could have done things differently to avoid it even happening in the first place. And I know that a lot of people can develop long-term problems, things like depression and, and things like anxiety-related illnesses. And and there is help out there. So anyone who has gone through that, you know, don't be afraid to, to get help, to speak to people. That website is just one of many that, that can help victims. And I think very much as well of children, mm-hmm. because I think as adults, we can maybe process it a little bit easier. And I don't know how your, your eight-year-old coped knowing that someone had broken into their home. She struggled for a while. Uh, she wouldn't sleep. She was, yeah, very concerned about it, as was my mother. You know, my mother was, her immediate thought was, well, we have to move out. And you, you get, and I, I, you know, I understood it completely because I was thinking the same thing myself a little bit. It's a very busy, busy road where I live in the in the centre of Peterborough. It's kind of a thoroughfare so people can walk from the city centre outwards. And and we've got had other things. We've had people walk by driveway. We had a guy steal a brick from my drive the other day that was keeping a a, a, a gate open. Is Somebody it, stole a brick I from know, your house. I know. And if anyone sees the brick, I think I can recognise it. Um, that's you know, it's, I'm joking, but it is. Somebody's walked onto our driveway and shouldn't have done it. Um, just one thing as well. I want to come back to um, shoplifting. Um, it, it, it's interesting with that because. Uh, a lot of shops, I don't think, bother reporting shoplifting to the same degree, perhaps, that they used to. 
and it, it, it's I've seen stories um, not to justify people doing it but people saying because of the cost of living people are shoplifting more people are taking the odd thing some people are at their wits end and unable to afford things that they used to be able to afford uh, so it might be that shoplifting is actually massively under recorded I did see a very useful uh, Twitter feed that I stumbled upon the other day um, retail underscore crime which is entitled Peterborough retail and street crime worth looking at to find out a little bit more information about that it's obviously somebody who's in the know um, and yeah it, it, it's sad to say um, that, that, that crime is as it is but I'm sure the police are trying to do what they can. Okay. Should we change the subject? Let's do that. Let's talk about beer. Yes, let's do it. It is the 44th Peterborough Beer Festival this year, August 22nd to the 26th. We all like a real ale, don't we? So I went on their website the other day. They have an open meeting coming up on the 15th of May. What's an open meeting? What is an open meeting? What is an open meeting? Yeah, why would they have an open meeting? It's a meeting which is open to people, and um, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's all it's camera, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, all the yeah, yeah. same people who, who put this it, brilliant festival. It on. is, but I guess it's where the organising committee, like you say, from camera, um, will um, listen to other people and see what their opinions may be. Of course, they're always looking for volunteers and people to get involved. So this meeting is on the Monday, the fifteenth of May, eight pm at the Yard of ale good place to meet go and see angie it is a very good place to meet um and it's just i mean the beer festival is so good i think the new logo is on the website it looks like it to me show um, me show me show me i'll show you it it's there that looks like a new logo-y thing to me they change it every year don't they definitely kind of nice vibrant colors 44th beer fest peterborough beer festival august 22nd to 26th let's just be honest it's so much more than beer this yeah. is a chance to, to to be social, to enjoy live music, yep, to enjoy good beer and, and spirits and ciders and, and whatever else mm. they that they sell. Um, there's also great food, great food at the beer festival. Lots of great stalls. There are fifty six thousand pints of cask conditioned ales of all kinds and flavors. And you got your name on one or two. Oh, of I've them. got under my name on all fifty six thousand. <laughs> it's it's um it's just such a great event. I mean I have friends come from from London to, yeah. to it and they absolutely love it. Uh, they had it obviously last year it was brought back and it was slightly sort of um changed and because it was the first one since covid and it seemed smaller to me yes but what they're saying is that the outside drinking area will be larger and more seating will be available that worked really well last year so they they had one fewer tent although they're going to be bigger this time the market i should say marquees not tents um and it's it's (laughs) tents tents yeah yurts giant marquees yes marquees is much better Mm. I, i i tried to correct myself but it was too late it's just an event that really gets people involved. I hope, Kev, that you have an extensive collection of old tankards and I've glasses. Got a few. Yeah, I've got a few from I, down I, the years. I, I certainly have, and, and, and bits of memorabilia. Um, I was once um, a taste tester as well, you know, oh, when they decide nice the awards. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And then I had to go back to the Peterborough Telegraph when I was still there, and I had to write a feature, and I was absolutely steaming. You could smell me oh, before, you, you, before you saw me. Um, and it was, I think it was, I think it was a well-written piece. Um, and an inebriated journalist, I think back in the day, journalists would spend a lot of time drinking mm. beer and then working. 
you know there's there's a bit of a kind of reputation a, from a heritage yeah and it was but it was you know and it was such a, a privilege to do something like that and it's such a great you know it's such a vibrant like you say event and even when it rains you go into the marquees you listen to the great live music as well really good and it's it's such good fun and the fact it lasts over several days as well there's no excuse for people not to go and have a jolly good time and also one last thing i would say is as well we spoke about crime you never see any trouble at the beer festival all these people who are who are drinking you never see any trouble at all i've certainly haven't i've been going years and years and years it's just fun well that's a good thing my beer festival memory i've got lots one of them is um do you remember Bob Sims? Yes, of the course. The former Bob. chief executive of Peterborough mm. United. Um, it was pre his posh days. Mm. Uh, I was on the ra- on local radio station, forget which one. It may have been Harrowwood, can't remember. And uh, I-, I wanted to do something a bit silly to raise money for, for charity. I think it was Sue Ryder back in the, in the day. And I sat in a bath of baked beans at the Peterborough Beer Festival. And it wasn't just beans, it was gunk, it was spaghetti, it was all sorts. And I still have a picture today. <laughs> me setting this bath of baked you. beans it, it was a bit of a cliched thing to do sort of a charity fundraising idea to sit in a bath of baked beans but i remember doing it at the peterborough beer festival loads of people around it was very very funny and yeah that's one of my memories because someone passed me a beer while i was sat in this ba- baked beans bath for about 20 minutes um, and i do think it's quite amusing that we're talking about the beer festival in peterborough as one of the best and it really is one of the biggest and best events that Peterborough puts on each year. We've recently lost Truckfest at the showground. So I really hope that, that the beer festival can, can go, actually go from strength to strength. Its location is Embankment, huge, wonderful green space. Um, and so, yeah, we should be supportive of the beer festival. And I really hope that the 2023 festival is a resounding success. Uh, yes, I aim to support it over several days. <laughs> yeah in any which way you can Um, a quick mention for another event which is the dragon boat festival what have you been finding out about yeah i just wanted to highlight that it's kind of coming up it's um not long now 10th of june it's the 23rd peterborough dragon boat festival of course in aid of sue rider thorpe hall hospice they're expecting more than 40 teams to take part in that another spectacular event that peterborough does so well and uh, yeah, if you want to get signed up, dragonboatevents.co.uk is where you can find it and where you can find the, the Peterborough version and get on there and get a team together. If you've never been in a dragon boat before, it's how can you describe it? I mean, it's not canoe. It's, it's not like a... It's not a tent. Uh, it's not a tent. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gazebo. Um, they are quite... Well, you're very low to the water. Yes. You're, you're sat near your mate and there's loads of you on this long, thin thing that's on the water and you paddle yes you paddle for all all your life and you kind of find yourself humming the hawaii 50 thing oh here's the hawaii 50 thing it's exhilarating especially if you get some speed up and you're competitive because you're perhaps doing it against you know your rival team a bit of music on the podcast this time around look hawaii 50 um and i would urge anybody to, to have a think about doing it it's fun it's great to do as a group maybe a group of friends or a group of workmates yep. um and it, it's another thing that can embrace our beautiful river that runs through our amazing city the river neen absolutely so can we just uh, repeat the date again for the dragon Boat Festival? yes 10th of june 2023 obviously well, i don't know i said 2023 but um 10th of june not that far away not that far away so yeah so if you if you want to sign up for the dragon Boat, uh, dragon Boat festival you better be quick right kev our guest is here he is hello simon morning 
Simon John, John Simon. Hello, John. Hello. Nice You're right. You. Yeah, very good. Thank uh, you. This is Simon Hollingworth, who is the creative director of the Peterborough Celebrates Festival, happening on May the 19th, 20th and 21st. At the glorious Ferry Meadows, I'm super excited. Whenever I talk about the festival, I kind of just go up a, a notch in my in my passion because I really love what this is, and 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 just the fact that we're doing it again. Because last year Simon was the first one. Without right. wish, wishing to sort of go on and on about last year, <laughs> it was great, and it's given us a springboard for the second one, right? Absolutely. It was it was such an experiment, and it, it was really born out of um, of, sort of post COVID. Actually, it was like a originally it was going to be called Thank You Peterborough. Uh, was and we made a film in fact called yeah, thank called you Peterborough, thank you, yeah. that which we try and have as many communities as possible um uh, and it was conceived as a as a one-off but let's see what happens but i think that as you say the response was so great and the, the numbers of people and we we're very lucky with the weather that the neem park trust to host it um at, at uh, ferry meadows just thought we've got to do this again whether it becomes an annual thing remains mm. to be seen but for, for we're delighted that it's it's back 19th 20th 21st of may on ferry meadows and it's full on it's called a festival even though it's not like a traditional i don't know like a glastonbury music festival or, or the willow festival which is only music what would you explain to someone who has no idea what the people celebrates festival is what would you explain to them to try and entice them to come oh yeah right okay can I about picture right haven't i um i mean it, it, to me it is a festival because festivals are more than just music uh, it there is loads of music in it don't get me wrong it but it's it's a it's a celebration of community and cultural life i would say it's it's a celebration of the city uh so so we tried really hard to get representation from communities um groups right across the city who to come down a lot one of the last one of the best comments we had last time i had several times to me uh the last festival was people said feels like the whole city's here obviously the whole city wasn't there but but we but if it felt like that well you know john you went didn't you I did, did go did you kind of experience that the, the feeling of this is peterborough celebrating itself yeah, because, well one of the things the video that you mentioned was so striking you know from all the communities on the big screens and I did see lots of, of of cultures, lots of different ages, ethnicities. Uh, my little girl absolutely loved it. Uh, what did she like best about it? What, uh, what were her memories? Um, she liked the tent. She liked um, playing with the sort of the the hoops the and the, skills. She's yeah, yeah, she's that sort of and the food. And the food. <laughs> yeah. I was eight years old, so the food was a, was a big thing as well. Um, can I ask? Were you surprised at how well it went? Because, as you said, you know, it's the first time. I remember reading or writing about um, what numbers you were hoping for, and you blasted those numbers away last year. So were you surprised at how, how well it went? Incidentally, what were the numbers we said? I uh, <laughs> 20,000, wasn't it? Yeah, at the time, I think you'd hoped for 10,000. It was way in excess of 15,000 was right. what you actually got. Right, yeah. Am I correct with that? That's the numbers I'm... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Few, people do mention 20, but it's, it's actually one of these hard things. A free, open, outdoor festival is really hard to have any specifics on numbers, although this time we, we are doing something about that. We're, 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 we're filming it um in a way that's going to map out what what happens we hope in a bit more of accurate way but yeah no in in answer to your question we were absolutely um blown away by it because when you the first time you do anything it's a massive risk and it's a, it's a bit of a gamble and you think well so many things are we hope this is going to happen we've set all this stuff up but it's only when it happens and the people turn up they they're, they're what make it is is the public and uh, you can you can set up all the uh, you know ingredients but if they don't if they don't 
there's no one there to enjoy them. It, it doesn't happen. And, and for some reason, it just people just um, took it to their hearts and they were there. We were lucky with the weather and outdoor stuff. It's always about the weather, unfortunately, in this country. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it sort of it was so, it was so uplifting. Not to say it was perfect. We made lots of mistakes and lots of things. We thought, right, we're not going to do that again. But maybe we could do this. And we've tried in this second version basically to build on that and to keep all the things that just really work well and all the things that people said oh we love that like um you know the the food and the, and more of that and things you can actually do creative activities but also brought in some additional uh, performance elements as well and and um a real again a real celebration of the city and its culture but also a celebration of of culture and community more widely i mean it's it's i think can, can we dig into a bit of the detail of yeah, that sure. you use the word ingredients you know, John's given a couple of examples of the things that his daughter enjoyed. Um, paint a little picture for us. We turn up on the Saturday. What are we going to see? What are we going to feel? Well, it's, you're going to feel the warmth on your back. That's the first thing you're going to feel, I hope. Um, you, what you're going to see is is a bit of a riot of colour. So so those who know or even don't know the Ferry Meadows, you know, it's a big, open, beautiful uh, area um, and it's... Uh, the the field we're going to have there's, there's a big stage there'll be a big top there'll be about another oh i don't know um 10 or so larger marquees with with different activities in them there's going to be can i just interrupt flags. john calls them tents no, okay. I, no I don't <laughs> so, generally marquees right john i was caught out well, with my like. lack of uh, vocabulary accuracy. so so go on sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, tents, marquees, gazebos, uh, temporary structures, call them what you will. Um, uh, but the idea is there's sort of like different kind of zones that are happening across the um, across the piece. So we've got um, a, a sort of creative zone where, where um, you know, you can actually do things and you can make stuff. We're making making. Um, uh, birds of paradise that you can you can uh, work with an artist we've got this incredible field of color that we've been working with communities and school groups right across the city that we've got well over a thousand flowers now that be plastic bottles made basically. from plastic bottles yeah. that would have been thrown away recycled yeah. to look like colorful flowers and, and, and visually that's going to look stunning isn't yeah it? The, 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 fu the funny thing is i mean that sounds a lot and we're hoping to have a lot more than a thousand but that field is so massive that, that actually you start to like work out you think, oh, it's actually quite a small area. <laughs> we need ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but I think I think the it's not so much that the, the uh, it's it's kind of what it represents really that you yeah. know so many people have have given up their time to to take part and to do something and it's a, a brilliant way of just feeling well yeah I've I've made this happen in a small way I've played my part yeah so so that's so, the creative zone you mentioned there was a number of zones right yeah so we've got a sort of performance uh, zone in um, which is spread out because of course you have to have performances in different areas because of sounds and stuff so we've got the big top um, which some people remember from last year um, with lots and lots of community performances in it and um uh, a professional compare amir Suleiman, who you know um who's going to be comparing that one um but a real mix of of performances um i'll just get my list up in front of me because i can't remember them all so um we've got um gabriela um pineda rodriguez uh, the amazing uh, soloist who'll be friend of the pod indeed friend of the podcast right. yeah friend of everyone um we've got lucy's pop choir we've got uh rituranga which is that's sort of bollywood dancing we've got the young tech academy uh, we've got a Ukra brilliant Ukrainian duo, um, Thomas Dunleavy, a local young singer-songwriter, um, Exodus Payne, an um, amazing local rap Marvelous artist. Marvellous guy. Incredible. Absolutely brilliant. He does this, I'm sure you've seen it, he does this thing where he, he, he can rap and he asks people to, like, whatever they've got in their pockets, just to hold up. 
and uh, obviously there's phones and, and keys and stuff but sometimes some random things and he somehow manages to 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 turn them all into his rap it's so entertaining but he's also then uh, sort of showcasing a, a whole group of local artists that he's been working with young young performers of all sorts not just rappers um and now he he's somebody who just as soon as we started talking he just like really wanted to do that he didn't want it to be just about him got it yeah. he wanted to just to go yeah I, i'm working with these guys they would love a you know a, a, a stage a platform yeah. to perform exactly and, and yeah. that's part of what brings the, all of the communities around peterborough together be it artists be it whoever whatever your thing is if you're involved in some kind of group some kind of activity you can be part of the peterborough celebrates festival um you mentioned the big top area amir hosting that there's also the big main stage what's on the main stage so main stage um again a real a real mix so we've got everything from uh, peterborough concert band uh to um the peterborough diwali festival uh, got a section um there's a there's an interactive bollywood dance workshop that you can do and you can learn learn the basics uh, we've got a, a Sikh children's uh, music performance. We've got uh, local ukulele bands. We've got a flute choir. Um, we've got a, a local folk band, Frumenti, the Salvation Army. An eclectic mix. And you've got a really good host on the main stage, haven't oh, you? Oh, he's incredible, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he's, I I've heard he's quite overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be me then. Um, so uh, that, that's that area, the creative zone. You know, we, we've. I think it's quite nice to dig into some of this detail of of the zones. What are the other zones that you can mention? Um, so there's, well, there's a green zone which is which is um um about um as it would sound about about green issues about climate because there's a lot of a lot of the um content of this year's will have a sort of a climate uh, theme not you know down your neck kind of like you know um it's instead of very enjoyable we've got some performances that are relate to the climate change but just in a really interesting fascinating fun way that hopefully will just make people think a kind of subtle we care about our planet theme which of course ties in exactly with what neem park trust are all about well it, in a way it would be bizarre to have an outdoor free festival for big numbers of the public in a huge beautiful park without referencing climate change in some ways yeah. because whether you like it or not it's real it's mm. happening and actually there are things we can do about it and and that feels very responsible to do that but also very engaging and and you know culturally interesting way of doing it and we've got one of the things i'm most excited about is a company called Otin dance that are bringing a show called out of the deep blue which is again a climate change theme but they've got this um a giant puppet the idea that they've come out of the sea and that it's it's um um, manipulated by five performers um, and you can clearly see them it's you know it's is but it's just so brilliant and and every, they do three performances on the saturday and before each performance they do a walkabout so this this puppet you'll be able to if you're on even if you're on the other side of the field you'll be able to see it walking across it's a big giant, puppet right it's a giant yeah it's, it's a giant puppet yeah it's a giant puppet literally yeah, excellent so it's, i don't know it's about i think it's about three meters tall um but it goes around and it meets people and and you and you interacts and shakes hands yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff and then and then the idea is it brings people together and then you and then you watch the show um and then we've also we've got a, uh, another brilliant company called Motion House, who've been to Peterborough before, but not for many years. Who are a dance uh, dance circus company basically, and they've they're doing a show called Wild four times over the weekend, two Saturday, two Sunday, and we've had to, we're building a special stage for it because it's it's a it's a very unique show um, uh, with five incredible performers and. Um, they will be throwing themselves right across this set, which is like five meter high scaffolding bars. And they, the, there are points in it where they're all standing on top of these. I mean, it is quite breathtaking and you don't need to, to know anything. You don't need to necessarily read into it or understand it, although you can as a story to, to listen and learn if you want to. But you can also just go, 
Wow. Just look, watch it. Look go, at those guys. They are good. Yeah, they are special. exactly. What other zones do you think we need to cover off? Food, food and drink. The Greatest Showman. We haven't mentioned well, uh, well, well, The Greatest yeah. Showman was in a way where I wanted to end the conversation. Because to me, that's that's got me more Have, have I? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Too soon, as no, ever. It, right. Well, I just mentioned the food and drink because yeah. we've, we've got a... Um, I've not been involved directly, so I'm not going to be able to reel off the list of uh, vendors. But it's fairly extensive, a lot more than last time. And we've really gone with the kind of world... Uh, world, world cuisine food. theme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's a real range either side of the main stage a real um, eclectic mix, a lot of local, some a little bit further afield, just so you get that that range of stuff. So, and there's a beer drinker. John's wondering if you've got any sort of good alcohol providers. Well, there's definitely some alcohol on, on site, that's for sure. Um, I again, I don't. I'm really sorry, I don't have the names because I've not been dealing with that stuff myself. But um, I intend to uh, check them out. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and quality control. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. also uh, fun fair rides. Yes, absolutely. There's a bigger area than we had last time. Big fun fair area in the top left corner. We've got a be active zone. So there's lots of cycling based activities and football stuff. Um, That's important, isn't it? And I know you're engaging with Living Sport and, and Peterborough United. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and just really overwhelmed by the the sort of support you get from local groups and, and businesses who want to come and help and support, and and also we've had lots of I should say lots of sponsorship lo- locally. We've had some big ones from like Arts Council England who got behind it, but also loads of local companies who have just said, yeah, we, we think yeah, this I is noticed, important. Like Hegarty's and Cross Keys, and, and there'll be others yeah, that yeah. have said, yeah, we'll support this. But I guess because of what it what it achieves in terms of and, and John I'd be interested in your take on this I know we're nearly out of time but as an event which pulls communities within Peterborough together it doesn't really get much better than this does it no I don't think it does and we started with this podcast talking about some of the negative things about Peterborough and now we're looking at one of the most positive things certainly about Peterborough last year and I just hope it's the same again and by the sound of things it sounds bigger and better and more exciting than last year and last year's was pretty damn good pretty so good. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great just one point I'd like to make and that's how you measure its success because I don't actually think it, it's got to only necessarily be about bums on seats you now numbers in the field it's success can be measured surely in in a variety of other ways aside from that i think it's a really interesting point i, I it reminds me of a project i did uh, in a tiny set of tiny villages in in lincolnshire uh, in 21 or 20 even it was no, it was post pandemic but it was kind of during the pandemic and um and one of the things we did was uh, I, in fact there was a guy who performed at the festival last year for keith lucky I don't know if you remember him because it was him and his mate and you introduced them as a young up, up and coming uh, <laughs> duo and they're both in their 70s um, and they were brilliant um, but I actually uh, I got him to perform in a little tiny village and one of the things we did is we wandered around a, um, a cul-de-sac and we literally knocked on doors and said would you like Keith to sing you a song and obviously that in terms of impact in terms of numbers and all that kind of stuff is nowhere but there was one woman who was moved to tears yeah. by the fact that somebody was in a, by her front kitchen back door singing a song to her and i'll never forget it because it, it just it it we were all so moved by it and actually that that's what's exciting for me i love doing these things on a huge scale but some of the there'll be some tiny little moments that happen during the weekend that i won't even see you won't see you won't notice and it'll probably it might even change somebody's life maybe for a tiny tiny way but uh, th- that to me is it's really hard to quantify but it's so important so it's about memories and it's about giving people an opportunity to create memories for themselves with their friends with their families on their own doesn't matter if they go away having created a lovely memory that will stay with them for, for life then that's got to be measured hasn't it as well as just numbers absolutely it, 
it's hard to measure, but it's it's it's, it's there and it's so yeah. important. Good for your well-being, psychologically, yeah. very important. Hundred percent good for your well-being. Look at the time, Simon. Thank you for coming in uh, to chat to John and I. We really appreciate you, um, you you making the effort. I know how much work is going on, not quite just bit, from you, but the whole of the Neem Park Trust yeah. team. Um, I, I went down and had a little meeting there myself recently, and it, the place is a hive of activity. But I just think it gives a really strong sense of optimism for the future. We know that Ferry Manos is a lovely place to go and walk, to go and use the, you know, the, I don't know, the various facilities that are down there, be it sports or being, being it getting, on, getting on the water, doing open water swimming, taking a, a ride on the boat, the Wyndham. But actually being able to plan ahead to think that that massive outdoor green space could be used for so many more things other than just what it's always been there for, if you, if you get my drift. Yeah, absolutely. And and you could say that about many green spaces in Peterborough, couldn't you? And, and maybe this festival is uh, leading the way a little bit in what can be achieved in the city, and mentioning no embankments. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna. Well, I was actually wondering whether or not you were going to go on to talk about embankments. Uh, well, I'm another, another time. Got another time. Another we're, pod, running, we're nearly running another out, place. aren't we? So. But Simon, good luck at the Peterborough Celebrates Festival. Much. Thank um, you. We hope everybody uh, listening to this podcast will find the time to go and visit the festival um, we can't finish without mentioning the Friday night there is the big top there and on the Friday night it's almost pointless talking about it because it's sold out apparently <laughs> but there is a, a screening of um, The Greatest Showman the sing-along version inside the big top the ringmaster is going to kind of teach people the dance moves and stuff isn't that right Simon well, what a night that'll be so all of the people who've got tickets for it we actually gave some away as competition prizes on PCR and oh, the winner was like blown away with how happy she was but what a, an extraordinarily brilliant idea a, a movie like that in a big top to launch the festival absolutely it just it, i can't claim the credit for the choice of film it was it was a, a colleague who just said hang on a minute why don't we show i mean it, and as soon as she said it i thought of course of course we go. we're in a big top we weren't sure whether it would because it's the only thing that is ticketed it's the only part of the festival that you have to buy a ticket for and we thought it might well, people could watch it at home but there's something going to be uniquely exciting about watching it in a big top with a ringmaster we're yeah. teaching the audience some dance moves and also some bsl uh, which is totally in keeping with the theme of the, of the film and indeed the festival mm. um, and we're going to have some um, aerial performers outside as you walk in as well uh, local youngsters who are learning how to do the hoops and, and all the rest of it so i just think it's going to be a really uplifting uh, exciting evening good luck with it and that ends this podcast. We will see you back here in a couple of weeks.